Hello, podcasters. Yakko Warner here. The only podcast we listen to in the Water Tower is An Elegant Weapon. So you clearly are among the geniuses of the world. Good night, everybody! An Elegant Weapon is brought to you by Nemesis Studios. What are y'all doing in here? We're smoking reefer. And you don't want no part of this shit. An elegant weapon for a more civilized age. This is a journey into sound. Children of all ages, welcome to An Elegant Weapon, episode 155. My name is Ross, Jedi J, the Jedi Ross, and we have returned unto you. We missed you last week, kids. Sorry about that, but it was time to recharge the batteries. Miss Cute Vixen and I, we headed out on a jet plane. We went away, flew away to the land of paradise that is the Dominican Republic. Uh, yeah, that's right. Surf, sand, beer in Samania. Wonderful time. Wonderful time indeed. We had a really good time at the Grand Paradise in Samania, Dominican Republic. We spent all goddamn week on a beach drinking beers, swimming in the surf, skinny dipping, smoking the ganja. It was good, good times. Uh, yeah, had my first Dominican doobie. Rolled my first Dominican doobie. It was, uh, it was what I expected. Uh, you know what you get in the islands, there, man. But uh, I always recommend get it in the islands. Never, ever, ever be silly or stupid enough, kids, to try and bring it with you. Because I hear stories, and it's just, it's tremendously horrible. Don't you all watch Border Patrol? Don't you all know what happens? In Canada, in Australia, especially Australia. Damn, I thought we was strict over here. But uh, either way, um, thanks, Manuel, dude on the motorcycle randomly driving down the path. Uh, you did me a good favor. It's very expensive, kids, there. But if you decide that uh, that's your thing, that's how you want to enjoy your week, and you can uh, put up with it being, uh, you know, Sticks and stones and such, and uh, rather overly expensive. Uh, for me, I found it worth it because it was definitely nice to be able to. For me, it's the nighttime, you know, when you're sitting on the balcony, hanging out with your gyal, having a cup of coffee or tea after 83 beers you've had in the sun in the afternoon. It's uh, it's always a good time. 
to have a little doobie just to just to put you out you know what i mean so uh that was especially important for me but we had a fantastic time met some wonderful 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 people going to shout them out right here right now mark and josie pierre and natalie danik and caro uh, you are all wonderful, beautiful, amazing, lovely people, and we had a blast hanging out with you for a week. Uh, hope to do it again sometime. We were all talking about maybe doing something like meeting up in Jamaica. Wouldn't that be good times? Uh, a couple of those kids, most of them are from Montreal, a couple are from up the uh, real North Bay, Ottawa way as well, and uh, they're from all around there. But uh, they may even be swinging down Brawny Way for the Brawny Rib Fest for any of you in the Golden Horseshoe understand what the hell I'm talking about. Gets Rib Fest crazy around here in the summer. That is for sure. Um, So, yeah, went to the Dominican Republic, recharged the batteries, feeling fantastic, nice and toasted in the brain and on the skin. Uh, We had a fun time. And what did I get to come home to? Tons of excitement. Uh, San Diego Comic-Con had taken place. Uh, Mind you, listen, uh, I I didn't buy any packages for my phone or anything like that. I just put it on airplane mode for a week and disappeared. So if you haven't seen me or the show on social media lately, I apologize for the absence. But we were were sucking up the juice, uh, you know, into the crystals to uh, keep things nice and bright for all of you in the future as well. But um, came back, turned my phone on to the very exciting news that there was a Batman vs. Superman trailer that had premiered and was released and, of course, leaked and all that good stuff from San Diego Comic-Con's Warner Brothers panel. Um, Lots of good stuff, of course, came out of that weekend. So much exciting stuff. Nothing was nearly as exciting. Even the Star Wars behind-the-scenes reel wasn't as exciting for me as watching Zack Snyder make all my dreams come goddamn well true. Uh, things are about to change in the comic book cinematic universes, children's. Um, and tonight, uh, talk a little bit about it. Uh, that was our main topic of conversation when I get together with Miss Phoenix Dinnerdette, fellow POIer and host of the Comics and Coffee podcast. But before we get into talking about all that good nonsense, I have something very, very, very special. It's from a little while ago, a bunch of weeks ago, a couple of months ago, when we attended Denver Comic Con. That's right, an elegant weapon and Points of Interest podcast network were there under the grand banner of Points of Interest was I, El Jaquez, and uh, Mr. Francis Fernandez. And we were chilling out. Um, at one point in the weekend, I had an awesome interview with an individual known as the Comic Historian. He has a YouTube channel doing wonderful things with comic books. Uh, you'll hear all about it as him and I chat about it because the tape has been found because it had been lost. Uh, not so much lost as we had some laptop difficulties. Blah, blah, bliggity, blah. And Josh, the good man that he is, Finally found the file, finally sent it on over to me. So better late than never because it was one of the best chats I think I had that weekend because 
I knew of the comic historian before I met the comic historian. Some of you may be familiar with his work and his YouTube channel. Uh, I find it incredibly informative, entertaining, and useful. So I was really excited to meet this individual. So here's how we lay it out this week, kids. Okay? We're laying it out like this. What we're going to do is we're going to have a little chat with the comic historian. I think that's about 10 minutes or so or something like that, and we chat it up. After that, we're going to go into some San Diego Comic-Con conversation with Miss Phoenix, the nerd that uh, main topic of conversation is definitely Batman versus Superman. I know a lot of things exciting happened, even the Star Wars we only touch on, uh, but we mainly get into that in the Suicide Squad. Um, I know Deadpool, that trailer finally leaked out, and that was amazing. That looked like it was going to be a lot of fun. There was uh, X-Men Apocalypse stuff happening, uh, Walking Dead trailer stuff happening. I've watched most of the panels at this point. Uh, I would recommend the Walking Dead panel was really good. The Warner Brothers panel was really good. Um, what was the other one I watched? Uh, I'm totally blanking out, so I'm going to move on. But yeah, there you go. That is what is in store for you this evening, is my awesome chat with the comic historian from Denver Comic-Con 2015, and then a little bit of bat chat with Miss Phoenix Denerde. All right, kids, here we go. Kids, here we are. We're back at Denver Comic-Con, day two, 2015, and I am sitting here with the comic story, and tell them about yourself, sir. I talk about comic books a lot. <laughs> That's pretty much what I do. Good times, man. Yeah. Uh, we met yesterday here. You yep. just, just kind of... Randomly walked up. Yeah, randomly walking through uh, Podcast Peak here, and I am quite familiar with your work. I quite enjoy your videos. Well, thank you. Uh, why don't you explain to the people a little bit about what the videos actually are? Well, what we do is we have, we have three different series you run, where we do a, what's known as a complete story, where we'll take a recent arcs or, or old arcs that'll help you understand what's going on currently in comic books, and we just give you the whole thing in a dramatic reading. We try to keep the whole thing under 10 minutes. That doesn't always work out, but hey. we try to keep it low and kind of you know, like right condensed so we get it right in your face. We also do Origins, where we spend about five minutes just telling you the exact origin in a dramatic reading, of course, mm -hmm. uh, explaining exactly how a superhero became a superhero. Even if you don't like the new origin, we do it. You know, <laughs> I can't tell you how many lunch hours at work I have wasted away watching your <laughs> shit, man. Oh, well, thank real. you. Because uh, I'm like that, like... I, I'm a voracious comic book reader, but you can't just read everything, right? Well, I can, but that's kind of what I do well, now. Is that? Nuts, <laughs> that must take a lot of time. I read what I can, but uh, I, I am so thankful for guys like you who do these videos that help me catch up on things like... Because entire story arcs sometimes, I don't have the time to sit down and read like 10, 20 comics. Right. And you right. lay them out so nicely. It's, it's great. Well, thank you. So how does it work? And you have people who kind of submit scripts, and then you kind of put the video together based on that? Yeah. Well, uh, what we do is we do take in scripts, we review them, and if we use them, we pay for the script. Okay. So it's cool. kind of it's kind of like a if we use it kind of per basis kind of a situation. Because because right. even I can't read everything. I read yeah. most of it, but we get some requests for things, and I'm just like, look, I can't. I don't have time to go back and figure out how that works. You know. Well, I hear you say that a lot. You get, you get a lot of requests yeah. for specific stories and stuff. That well, is. normally we get requests for stories that even I have problems configuring out. Like I did Final Crisis. 
Crisis due to request, and everyone's like, well, dude, Crisis is an infinite Earth, an infinite Crisis. I'm like, you realize that Final Crisis took me like a month to condense down into a seven-minute a seven oh script because I have no idea what was going on. It takes that long sometimes. Sometimes right? it does. So how far ahead do you have to prepare a video? Like, do you? We, we try to stay about two weeks in advance. That's all. Yeah. Right? Because we'll be two weeks in advance because that way if we do get hit with something like a Final Crisis or, or Endgame took a little bit of a while or Convergence, yeah, yeah. it gives me the time to actually go through it and do it properly instead of just, oh, we got to do it in a hurry and cram it out, you know? Well, it's really good for people who may be into, like, certain Batman stories and others, because you did uh, the whole Night of the Owls. Yep, we did the Night of the Owls, Court of the Owls, yeah, yeah. Death of the Family, I and really the Endgame. I really enjoyed those ones, you yeah. know? And it's, it's so good for people who may be trying to get into comics or, again, just can't do the whole thing. How did this come about that you had this idea to kind of start? Well, we actually started with our gaming channel, and I was doing complete stories over there where I'd explain the plot to a video game. Uh, and it was doing okay, and I decided, you know what, I read a lot of comic books, I tell all my friends what happened in the current art so they can jump in, let's make a channel about it. Right. So yeah. we launched the channel up, and the community has been really receptive to the concept of it, they've been watching it, eventually Marvel and DC came by and kind of gave us the silent okay. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. That's pretty damn cool. Well, they showed up, they took the videos down, and we got a hold of them, and they said, yeah, it's okay. Oh, and okay. That, that no guidelines, just... Okay. <laughs> well, you're, you're, you're totally just recapping because you spoil nothing. Well, I mean, you spoil, but old stuff that. Yeah, you know, yeah. You we don't normally do like really recent. We do right. sometimes, like I did Female Thor recently. Okay. Yeah. Because everyone has been asking like crazy. Popular. Deal, yeah. And sure. Endgame, I did that one, even though it only came out like a month ago. I think was the final issue. It must be cool that people are enjoying your videos enough that they want to see them, even though they've probably read some of the arcs. It sounds. Yeah, like. that I really like. Yeah. But at the same time, those same people are the ones that will call me out if I miss. Like some minute detail in some location or whatever, or you I didn't mention something. In there. Like you say, you got to cut it down to a seven minute video. Yeah, well, World War Hulk was like 18 minutes, and everyone was giving me crap because I didn't put in the Ghost Rider and the X Men arcs. And I'm like, they're not in the main arc, and yeah. that just adds so much more space to the well, video. You're also very good, and you do explain that as you're doing the videos. You're like, look, sometimes we have to cut this out, or this person has, say, three different origins, we're going to concentrate on this origin. Yeah. So uh, it's a good selection process you kind of got going there, you know what I mean? Yeah, well, thank you. See, we're just venturing into YouTube. We just started our first YouTube show. It's called CMYK TV. Okay. And it's all about comic book television. And it's just the four of us sitting around and talking about that week's episodes in television. So uh, YouTube is kind of a new area, but you've been dealing with YouTube for a long time, eh? Yeah, no, about two and a half years, two years now at this point. Okay. And we and work a lot more on the network side, and we help people get involved in YouTube, and then I run all my stuff on the side of that. So. Oh, wow, man. You do yeah. a lot. You just said you got back from Singapore? Yeah, I was kinda... just spent a week over there teaching Singaporean YouTubers how to YouTube. The, wow. the government flew me and a bunch of other uh, content creators out there to try to get a better view of Singapore on YouTube. So it was pretty cool. Oh, wow, yeah. That was an amazing experience, <laughs> Oh, yeah. It's man. so hot, though. Yeah? <laughs> Coming from Colorado to Singapore, it's like you just, everywhere you walk, you look like you just went to a pool. You know, like, really, I just man? took a dip and just came out. And <laughs> oh, that's so strange, man. Still, it must have been a cool place to see, man. It's, it's what's awesome about us, you know, podcasting or YouTubing is the opportunities that come up. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I've got several cons now that I get to moderate panels at. So, you know, oh, nice. they'll, they'll yeah. bring me down. They'll set me up. And, you know, that's, I, that's the best part about all of this. Like, I, I do all this for fun. Yeah. And everyone's like, can you come talk to us? Can you come do this? Can you go do that? And I'm yeah. like, okay, sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so cool, man. I, this is the first time I've ever actually had a table for the network, which is fun. Because normally I'll just get a press pass. Yeah. And I cover the event and do some panel moderating. But this has been a new experience for me, too, having the table and stuff, you know. Have you ever done? 
on like a, a con yourself, like set up? Or? Never as a table. We'll show up, we'll sweet out a meetup kind of a situation, and then we just kind of walk there and get to know people. Right on. Dude. I mean, there's not much we can do with the table ourselves, being yeah. a YouTube channel. So. Yeah. Are you local? Yeah, 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 we live yeah, we yeah. live down here about an hour from Denver. That's exciting, so. man. And uh, it must be neat to hear that a guy from Toronto is such a huge fan uh, <laughs> of your show, too. I'm always shocked at the, the people. Like, I, we just crossed 250,000 subscribers, and I tweeted Amazing. out, I'm like, I'm just amazed that that many people want to hear me talk about a story. Dude. Because that's all I'm doing. I'm just talking about a story, you yeah. know? <laughs> well, there's a few of you doing it, doing it really well. Uh, what's the other one? A variant? Uh, variant, he does the history of. Yeah, uh, Rob yeah. at Comics Explained, he does a chill version of what I do. Yeah. Because yeah. I do the crazy over the top, and yeah. he'll be like, let's all sit down and chill. You yeah, know? he's very chill. We have a Comic that, Pop, right? he does a lot more discussion shows, you know, okay. like, yeah, he'll uh, go more in depth into everything. Right. And then our other guy is Faust from uh, It's Super Effective, all the way in England. Oh, really? Yeah, he's actually attending the London Comic Con right now. A buddy of mine is out there, uh, he's one of the reviewers for our website, Comic Book Reviewer, and it's his first con out there. Yeah. Because <laughs> London doesn't get much, you know? But, yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm spoiled in Toronto. There's like a con every weekend. I've noticed that. You guys are like yeah. Con Bravo and all kinds of stuff coming so up over in Canada. Yeah. Going on. Because, well, it's a big basis. I mean, with the amount of artists that live there. Yeah. I mean, at one point, we had four of the five Batman artists all living in southern Ontario. You know, uh, Finch, Fabok, uh, what's the other one? Who am I blanking out on? David Finch, Jason Fabok, and uh, uh, whatever. I'm blanking out. But all of them but Capullo. Live like 20 minutes from me. We got Ty Templeton. Did you kind of go knock on other doors? Hey, can I talk to you guys? <laughs> Ken Lashley's in Burlington. Like, we just got amazing talent. So, uh, you know, the community's really cool and strong. So, you know, and, and I know a few people that I've gotten into your show because I'm like, you know, you meet new people who want to get into comics and you're so helpful for that. Oh, thank you. you I know? appreciate that. Because, like, sometimes you may want to read a certain section of something, but not the complete thing, and you yeah. can fill that in for people. Well, and that, that's what we try to do. I mean, the whole point of the channel is to let people, like, you want to get someone into Batman, but Batman's got 40 issues. Yeah. Where do you start? How do you know what's going on? You know, and not everyone can afford 40 issues or all the trades or whatever, yeah, you know. Yeah. And but, I know a lot of people who got into things because of the New 52. Yeah. And then they get curious to the backgrounds, and that's when your show comes in perfectly yeah. about what happened before the New 52. And, Blah, 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 blah. But, uh, we do it to an extent, not as much as people would like us to do, because I try to avoid things that just are completely out of continuity, Okay. because then I just get a thousand and one questions of where does this fit in continuity. Uh, it must, <laughs> one, one question must always lead to another. Eh? Yeah. It's, you really probably got to filter yourself with what happens there. Eh? Yeah. Well, actually, I got to pick and choose what we do just so it doesn't lead to, oh, we, now you got to do this, and you got to do this, and you got to do this. And I'm like, yeah. all of this is 10 years old. It doesn't matter. There you go. Yeah, you that's the problem with staff? Marvel with the Secret Wars. Oh, there you go, yeah. too. Yeah. Do you have a big staff helping you out, or is it just uh, No, it's just me. We have an editor, and uh, my wife helps out with a lot of the research we need for some stuff. Right so. on, dude. That's cool that she's into it. You can share yeah. that with her. Oh, yeah, yeah. Last week in Motor City was the first time I brought my wife to a con with me. <laughs> and luckily, they're amazing people in Michigan. Motor City Comic Con, I tell everyone, it's the best Comic Con on the planet. It's an incredible event. And uh, See, I'm a huge fan of the Baltimore Comic Con. That's the big oh, yeah. one I try to make every year. Okay, I've never cool. been to the Motor City one. Motor City, it's it's right in between. It's oh, not okay. a mega con. It's not a little con. And it's very personable. Like, everyone there just seems to know and support each other. Right. Very supportive environment for, like, oh, independent okay. artists and shit. So, super, super cool. But, kids, it's really good stuff that the Comic Storian is doing here for all of you. So, please, go on to YouTube. Uh, it's as simple as that. Comic Storian. Yeah, right? Comic yeah. Storian. I mean, that's and, it. Uh, YouTube.com backslash Comic Storian. Shit, yeah, kids. Get on there and subscribe. Sir, uh, and your name personally again? Benny. Benny, that's right. Benny, we, we're going to, well, hopefully in the future we'll get you on the show and we'll have a proper sit down. Yeah, no, it'll be great. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, you know, get into some comic chat and shit. All right. Awesome to meet you, dude. Uh, everybody, subscribe. Comic Storian. Right on.
for a San Diego Comic-Con last week. And I, I was joined with Mike Talks Trash and Jermaine Randall and his DC Comics fan named Ron. He um, And we were basically talking about um, our reviews about the trailer. They just released the Batman versus Superman trailer. We were talking about the, um, like we was having our reactions about the Batman versus Superman trailer and how excited we was and, and by me being a Baptist, I was talking about how I felt like I was about to have the Holy Ghost because, like, like <laughs> that trailer was epic. Like, literally just seeing Wonder Woman for the first time really had my heart pumping really fast. That's awesome. That's great to hear. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it moved me. It was everything I hoped and dreamed <clears throat> it would be, and it totally moved me. Like, it's 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 like a painting, you know? It's It's... It's, it was so beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Did you like? Did you cry when you saw that trailer? I didn't cry. No. Uh, I almost cried when I saw the first Star Wars trailer when Han was like, "Chewie, we're home." I almost cried then. Oh right, right. The Batman thing. I was just more in awe. Like I was just like, I was just so taken by it that it was everything i like because i love zach and i i it, i thought it might look a certain way and it's just so much further beyond what i even thought it would be that yeah i, I just can't even believe it like it's the most beautiful thing i've ever seen i think oh man yeah. like you know i'm an ex you know me i'm i'm basically an x-man fan with a slight fan girl advantage for the Fantastic Four and even though my taste for the Fantastic Four fell off over the years um, just the fact that I kind of leaned more towards DC for the last couple of months has been kind of fascinating because again I've always been about X-Men and then they kept releasing trailers for Batman versus Superman and I just kept getting more and more and more excited about and then when they released that trailer for Suicide Squad, I'm like, shit, DC is on a roll. Yeah, it's uh, – I've been saying it for a while. I've had like – I've been over-marveled and marveled out and was never a huge – like <clears throat> other than X-Men, I was, yeah. I was never a huge Marvel guy anyways. So I just – I was never that thrilled about it and it's, you know – uh, I don't know. I just think really all the talk and all the shit talk that has gone down about Marvel or DC's cinematic universe. I think this one movie will just wipe it away. And make I it think the movie. Away. I think the movie that really is going to change things for um, DC is Suicide Squad because it's something we never seen before. It's like bad guys against bad guys, and then you got Jared Leto that's basically going to carry this entire movie. Even though he's probably like in a couple of scenes. Yeah, 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 totally. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and the whole idea of seeing Amanda Waller played by Viola Davis, I'm like, goodness, she's such a great actress. Yeah, like, that's going to be fantastic. If yeah. you've seen how you to see get. You see her the... sitting there just cutting her steak. <laughs> Jeez, that's yeah. Amanda Waller, man. Yeah, man. She's just like a meat eating predator in that scene. She's so calm and she's just like, yeah, I run people. <laughs> 
and, and you know what's the, so like one thing I loved about her in that scene was the fact that she said, I mean, the guy was like, oh, these are these are criminals. She said exactly. And if they fuck up the mission, then we're not going to get blamed for it. They could get blamed for it. And I'm like, damn, that is so Amanda Waller. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a great character. And <clears throat> this movie is going to be full of – both these movies are going to be full of strong, crazy women. You know what I mean? It's yeah. It's great to see, man. Amanda Waller, and she'll be around. I, like, I doubt this is the last you'll see of her is just in this movie. You know what I mean? Well, hopefully not, because I got to see her and Bruce Wayne, which eventually may happen because, you know, Ben Affleck, he was on set, uh, you know, back in, was it Well, you Toronto? see him in the trailer. Yeah, you see him on top of the car as the Joker's yeah. driving down there. So, oh, yeah, Batman, there's even another scene where Batman is, like, busting people up. Excuse me. And, uh, yeah, he's he's all over this movie. So I think it's going to be just flashbacks of how – he caught Joker and Harley, maybe. Yeah. Or at least Harley, but uh, that's an interesting theory that you just said right there. Yeah, I think it'll be a flashback. I think they'll show how each of them got caught, and I think yeah. the way that Harley gets caught is the Batman. Right. And I'm not sure if he takes Joker down in that because it seems like Joker's locked up in Suicide Squad, but it seems like he isn't. So it's or maybe he escapes at the end. I I don't know. I think he's got something maybe to do with did. the whole you know mission. Maybe he escapes at the end, but how you met Harley was interesting. If you like paid attention to the trailer, like she had her strapped to a girdle, and you could tell he's going to torture her. Yeah, and I'm like, oh shit, this is like the start of a, the most fucked up relationship in <laughs> history. And instead of her being effed up just by being infatuated with the Joker, he tortures her into insanity, and that's the crazy part. That's the part. That really caught my interest. Yeah, they show her looking pretty out there, like when she's hanging from her cage. And oh, she's kind of yeah. doing like cage prison tai chi or whatever the hell she was doing. <laughs> <laughs> she's just kind of like floating around the air, like beautiful butterflies. Like, I, she, Oh, yeah. Yeah, I hope she's, she's just whacked out. Yeah. Yeah, she's a beautiful disaster. I mean, the whole how her relationship dynamic between the jokers was really interesting for me i guess because it's a classic uh odd couple storyline everybody loves to see in the cartoons and we're finally going to see the joker and harley together on screen but i I don't think they're gonna be like the typical relationship type i think that played out in the beginning i think it plays out in the beginning of the movie and then, like you said, probably eventually how she ends up joining Suicide Squad is when she gets caught by Batman and she's ends up being fucked up. And I yeah. guess she joins the Task Force X, as they call it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I didn't hear much. Like, she didn't say much. There was only one or two words in the trailer, but I didn't really hear the accent much, like the Harley voice. Yeah, that's... Yeah, I was kind of like, I don't want to make any snap judgments, but those few scenes when she spoke, it doesn't sound like Harley. Maybe we may get a lot more than Putin. Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't expect it to be like full bore, full on Harley. And, yeah. and you're like, we only heard like kind of one little word. So 
it's probably in there a bit. I'm sure she's got a few lines or words that are like that, but I, I it's not I doubt it's gonna be like full blown cartoon Harley voice, you know. I mean, I admit I, I that if I would have wanted that because it's kind of like nostalgic and it gives me the feel of yeah. Harley. They can't not pretty... do it in some way. In some way, she's gonna say it. Like you know, she'll call. She has to call him Mister J. Yeah, but I, I'm gonna be honest with you. I I I, I kind of agree with you saying in terms of like the whole accent, like because I know Tara Strong, she kind of like symbolize that accent and make that accent very memorable in the whole high pitch. Hey, Mr. J. Now, I know this is like realistic, like solid grounded type of world that DC is trying to like put out in theaters. So she may not be that exaggerated, but I would love to hear that Brooklyn accent come out of her. I mean, her mouth. Yeah. Yeah. I I think it's gotta be. She does have an accent. Yeah. Um. But but other than that, that trailer was kick ass. It was good. How do you feel about Big Willie? Um, I'm still on the fence, but I love. He won me over at the con at um their um panel at Comic Con. Like that that crowd loved Will Smith when when they did the whole one two three Suicide Squad. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, yeah. God, that's how you really get the crowd. He's a crowd pleaser, so yeah. you knew that was his idea. Yeah. <laughs> but in the trailer, he was like Will Smith. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know, like Deadshot personality. I can't really say I don't know the character that well. I know um, Deathstroke, but not Deadshot that well. So I don't know if that's how he acts based on the trailer. You maybe know him more than I do. You can't just act tough. Like there's got to be things he does in the movie that are cold actions. And that's what I'm interested to see if Will Smith does. Right. I'm interested to see if he can do things. Because he, what he's very good at is like regret. Or like he's so good at being the good guy that he he's got to go sociopathic you know what i mean he cannot he could not like he has to be able to put a bullet in someone's face without flinching but isn't that his i would say skill set and his personality his his specialty is flinching you know like uh like remember legend i am legend Yes. And when he finds the mannequin out in the middle of the street, he starts freaking out. He's like, what are you doing here, Fred? And he's like shooting everything up and and, and he, he just can't get a handle on it. That's what Will Smith does very well. He Like he, like he's about to lose it. And Deadshot's got to be cold. He's got to yeah. be in control. He's got to be able to do very, very cold acts of, you know, death and murder without batting an eye. And just, I, just uh, it's going to be really interesting to see if Will Smith can pull that off, you know? Yeah. yeah. What's really interesting is whether or not, you know, what role does the Joker have in this film? Is he the guy they have to take down? Because that would be awesome. It's, he could, yeah, that's been a, a rumor and a question. And it's hard to say. It's hard to tell because... Is he just part of Harley's backstory, or is he a part of the whole bigger issue? Because I get the impression that he is. Because if you also watched in the Batman trailer, right, the Batman versus Superman, he right. gets he gets a newspaper message uh, saying how you know he failed his family, his family dying was his fault and stuff, and it's obviously Bruce Wayne, right? Yeah, Bruce Wayne. 
obviously a message from the Joker, meaning the Joker's on the loose. So I'm pretty positive that the movie will end with the Joker's escape. Whether he is their mission or not remains to be seen. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I don't know. It's going to be interesting because you know that their story is pretty simple. So they're going to have to add something to the idea of the Suicide Squad to make it, you know, impactful, you know, because a lot of them won't make it out. That's the whole point. Right. Right. Like, I'm pretty sure Deadpool will make it out. Will Smith probably survived. Imagine that. Imagine he didn't. And that was like the big twist in the movie is that Will Smith gets taken out. Shit, I hate that. <laughs> that could be heavy, man. Basically because... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that could be a big twist, like... man. All wow. right, so anyways, yeah, I, I think the movie would have done just as well without him in it, even though I think he was a big part of the beginning buzz. I don't think the movie would have taken off was with the buzz as quickly because people were like, Will Smith, what the fuck? And, uh, well, at first their reaction was like, after Earth, after Earth, after yeah. Earth. <laughs> and there kind of was using that against him because I'm like, look, the, the guy had like a couple of flops in his career and that hasn't really stopped him. And I know Men in Black was kind of like, nah, but it made a lot of money. So he's still in the clear. And at least for Suicide Squad, he could bounce back. And plus, David Ayer is a pretty good fucking director. Oh, yeah. If you remember uh, that's enough for me. So it's, I think it's brilliant. And of him, he's good at, yeah. I think it is. It's, it's definitely something that he, I mean, the guy has played, like, he's directed a film that features, like, an array of different personalities that often clash, but they work together as a team. And so Suicide Squad is just another, you know, apple in the barrel for David Ayer. This is the first time that Will Smith has not really carried a movie since, like, early in his career, too. Like, when's the last time Will Smith was in a movie that he wasn't the star of? Not including, like, cameos in Jersey Girl, you know what I mean? The Legend of Bagger Vance. Uh, yeah, yeah, probably. <laughs> you're right, sharing the screen with, uh, with Matty Damon, Matt Damon there. Yeah, you're totally yeah. right. But since then, he's he's been the man. Except, and that was one movie, so it wasn't really that many. Yeah, he's always the lead, and this is the first time. Like, even though he's a lead, he is not by any means the lead. I'm sure he will be presented as such like Deadshot's probably got one of the bigger stories but yeah. still to you know for such a huge guy to join an ensemble cast it's fantastic it's fantastic for DC for nerddom for his career you know for black nerddom like just you know go ahead and switching up the Deadshot in that way you know being like not, not only are we going to make him a black man he is going to be Will Smith like yeah, but you know what? I think he's going to have some competition with the top building. I think it's going to be between him and Jared Leto. I think Jared Leto is going to be the unlikely Robert Downey Jr. of the Suicide Squad film. Depending on how much he's in it, yeah. I don't think he's going to be in it tons, but he will definitely steal the show. Yeah, he is. Yeah, I think a lot of it is going to be on Rick Flagg, though. Like, oh. uh, he's kind of the de facto leader of the Suicide Squad, you know? Yeah, he is, but honestly... I always thought in terms of the, the leadership, I think it was mostly Amanda Waller as the Nick Fury and Rick Flagg as the, the Captain America. 
replica of the Suicide Squad. Yeah. Unless you can have a better, I, I would say, comparison compared to mine, because I kind of like did a Marvel comparison to these guys as the best way no, I could. No, that's definitely, that. that's definitely like kind of their counterparts, although be it they're more badass bad guys than the Marvel counterparts. But yeah, that's definitely how it works, because... Uh, I can't remember. I'm blanking out on actors' names today, but the guy who's playing Rick Flag and the guy who played RoboCop, the guy from uh, the Killer. Joel. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. He's very Kinnaman. good. Kinnaman. Kinnaman. You're right. Joel Kinnaman. He's very good, and I, he I, he could carry the movie himself easily. So I think a lot of it. Will I'm taking your word for it. Yeah, I think a lot I'm of it. I'm taking your word. Sorry about that. That's sorry. all right. Yeah. <laughs> I said sorry about that kind of cut you off a bit a few times that's okay but i think a lot of it's <laughs> going to be on his shoulders yeah yeah i'm i'm taking your word for it because you know i haven't seen robocop so i actually haven't seen it either if he's good. but i've seen from what i've seen him in the killing and uh something else i saw him in something else i think but he was good oh wow i can't remember what but he's in that he's also in that uh like taken eight movie with Liam Neeson. <laughs> wow. One for the boys or some stuff. So he's got a feature. But the whole cast, I mean, it's fantastic from, you know, start to finish. So, you know, it's great yeah. to see. It's fun to see. And, uh, you know, I was into the Suicide Squad, but it's still this Batman Superman thing is just the most, the most excited I've been about a movie since maybe Man of Steel. Remember, I remember how excited I was about that, too, because just. Zack Snyder, he, he is to me. He's the Michelangelo of movie making. You know, I really could watch. Oh, a that's story, pretty deep. I could watch a storyless movie from him, and just watch his images like one giant music video. If he made it, I would watch it and love it. Like it's just the scenes of Soup and his cape in the sun and in the clouds when it looks all mystical and they make it look all religious and you know all that kind of stuff. It's it's amazing. And then the scenes of Batman hanging off the building and then shooting his Gatling gun and flying. Like, it's out of the goddamn comic. No movie ever has a comic come to life this much. Like, oh my god, I'm so excited. Yeah. That, that you know, I, I just hope everything goes out well for DC in the long haul. Because I've always said that DC has always been in Marvel's shadows for God knows how many fucking generations, not generations, but uh, decades. <laughs> it feels <and> like generations. <laughs> it feels like forever, right? Yeah, so it's yeah. kind of like this is their time now. Because, you know, Marvel kind of showed some signs of cracking a bit with Avengers Age of Ultron. Because I remember a lot of boys and girls going around saying that the film's gonna beat Titanic, make two billion. And I'm like, oh yeah, well when people are like well aware that we already saw these heroes on screen before, so the novelty's worn off. Yeah, and no matter who they are, they're not Superman and Batman. I don't care how comfortable people got with the other, with Marvel people being popular, it's still not the same thing and the thing i think marvel got stuck in was their own formula ever since iron man they were like oh this works and every movie since that movie has been iron man and has it the same tone the same technique the same style the same formula and sure the more marvel formula yeah. is a winning formula 
and it will continue to win over and over and over again. But I think people know what's coming now. They know that they're going to get a fun, yeah. funny movie, right? Yeah. Same thing with and, Ant-Man, you know? And this this is not fun. This is not funny. This is spectacular. This is epic. This is groundbreaking. This is daring. This is courageous. It's ballsy, you know? And to the, the haters out there, it's it has no colors. <laughs> So many people be like, oh, "Where's the fucking colors?" Fuck man? off with that shit. There's a tone to it, and it's worked for every movie. And that's why when you do see color, it is deep and thick and rich. You know, so the the yeah. blue on Superman's costume is just because it's not bright doesn't make it not blue. It's it's deep to me. It's it's like ethereal. It's just blood. You know, it's I love it. I just you mentioned every word I have to look up on. On the Google Dictionary, <laughs> because <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But I agree. I think the uh, the dy- dynamic here is that we got to remember that Larry Fong is back as the cinematographer for this film, and you guys may not, not know who he is, but he is the guy who did the cinematography for Watchmen. Brilliance, yeah. Just, you, if you know Watchmen, you know how beautiful that film is. No, I don't care what you think of the film as a whole, but the cinematography rocks. That's when I really learned that trolls were trolls. When I really learned that yeah. some people are truly on the internet to just talk shit and just to hate and waste their time with negativity was Watchmen. Because yeah. you cannot hate that movie. And if you hated that movie, I'm sorry, but you hated the comic book. You cannot tell me you loved that comic book. No one else could have even dared, and people wouldn't dare for years to try and put that movie on film. And Zach did it. He took it off the page. Not only did he do it, but he took the ending in the comic book, which kind of made no sense anyways, and made it made sense. Mm -hmm. Gave it a new ending, made it a more coherent story, and it's beautiful. And all his movies are beautiful. Even the fucking Owl movie is beautiful. You know, yeah. like the Legends of Gahul or the Guardians of Gahul or whatever. That movie is great. It's a stunning thing to watch. And sure, Sucker Punk, Sucker Punch was not a fantastic story. And, no. you know, by any means. But th- you can't tell me that shit didn't look badass, you know? Those, and I'd say, as I, I am not a huge fan of Sucker Punch in terms of everything else, but those special effects was fucking amazing. And you got, even if you're a hater of Zack Snyder and always disrespecting him about his track record, one thing you got to realize is, and I don't care if you hate the guy or love the guy, is that he knows how, I wouldn't even call him Michael Bay because Michael Bay shit is like mindless explosions and expositions. But Zack Snyder's, his special effects is like pure genius pure epicness it's so visually stunning it's like the eye candy that like man yeah yeah i always said zack snyder was a visual director he's very good with visuals it's that's his thing and you know what fine like why doesn't i why a director doesn't need to be a writer he took a shot (laughs) and he did his sucker punch thing whatever but look at everything else he's ever touched right from dawn of the dead People love his Dawn of the Dead. If you don't, you're crazy. And he's got the balls to, like, mess with stuff. He made his zombies fast and scary and crazy. And 
they're not having to stick to some Kevin Feige formula oh, making God. this DC movie. So they had the balls to break canon to the extent that Gotham and Metropolis are pretty much the same city. I have a love-hate relationship with Kevin Feige, and I'm going to tell you why. All right. <laughs> um, I love Kevin Feige because he's the one that set Marvel straight once he kind of um, went in with the, the whole deal with Disney and, and how Marvel and Disney end up becoming um, into this huge brand where they created Marvel Studios. And he kind of was the reason why Marvel was on a straight path to success, no flop. So I don't, even if some of their films aren't really on par and not that great, they were enough to make a lot of money. And that's the problem I have with him is that it's always been about the money. None of the directors, most of them have not lasted long after the sequel of a particular film. Like, for one, I remember John Farrell was supposed to be the guy that had killed the guy, the director that they had to help kickstart the whole entire Marvel Cinematic Universe. And then they had to let the guy not have any creative freedom. They had to pull in that goofy shit formula that kind of ruined every chance of us seeing a Tony Stark that was the alcoholic billionaire who was tormented. Like, I really wanted to see that, but they like, no, that's not kid-friendly. We want kids to see these movies. We don't want that shit. Yeah, yeah, you're totally right. And then that's what ruined Iron Man 2 for me was the fact that they was mostly, let's just set up the Avengers. Let's make it a commercial for the Avengers. Like, we know. We saw it in the first film that you guys are going to do in Avengers. Enough with that. Let's focus on Tony. And then they end up bastardizing the villain, which is played by a very great Mickey Rourke, who is, like, completely misused. Because of the whole Marvel formula of let's be goofy, let's make our villains super goofy. And and then they ended up turning, you know, the Mandarin into an actor who was pretending oh, man. Mandarin. That was the biggest heartbreak because the Mandarin he was pretending to be was so badass. Like, that would have just, they should have rolled with that totally. Like, I love Marvel. I love what they're doing. And I have fun with it. But it's not my thing. My thing is what's going on over on the other side of the street here. My thing is the absolute, you know, just cut to the heart of the fucking matter shit. Like, just let me feel it. Let me feel emotions other than, you know, excitement and amusement. I'm tired. Like, I've been excited enough. Every fucking movie that comes out excites you, and every Marvel movie, sure, it's amusing, and I enjoy that. Like, like my favorite Marvel movie is easily Guardians of the Galaxy. Like, that's a, it's wow. a brilliant movie. Brilliant, brilliant, fantastic, fun, hilarious movie. And that's Marvel's thing, and that's great, and I'll enjoy that. But I, there's no way a Marvel movie is ever going to move me emotionally like uh, one of these movies is going to. And that's what Batman Superman's going to do. I know it because Man of Steel did it. And if Man of Steel did it and Watchmen did it and 300 did it, this man knows how to make a comic book movie. And it's going to be the most epic thing ever, ever in history. And that's and the, and that's the problem I don't understand with the complaints against Man of Steel. People was complaining about the lack of emotion in the Brian Singer film, the lack of action, the lack of epicness. Instead, we had like a guy that was just stalking his ex-girlfriend who he knocked up and then decided to quit, you know, being a superhero. And 
I'm like, we didn't want that. Like, you know, Brian Singer, he's good at doing the whole sappy, you know, emotional stories, but that's not what we, you know, got in Superman Returns, even though that was supposed to be some sort of love letter to the, you know, um, the, what's the name of the guy that directed the film? I know I'm going to get lynched for forgetting his name. Sorry, the director. for which uh, film? For super, the he um Brian Singer's Superman Returns was a love letter. Oh, to Richard to, Donner's, yeah, 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 totally. Yeah, yeah. He meant it to be I, like a new part three for it, you know. Exactly. It wasn't and a great it, movie, but I, you know, there was some stuff in there I thought was genius, but the movie as a whole kind of wasn't, you know. It wasn't memorable to yeah, me, yeah. which left me wide open to a new interpretation of. Uh, Superman, and that's when Zack Snyder said, you know, I'm going to make up for all the shit you didn't get with the Brian Singer movie. And he really did make up a lot. I oh, mean, yeah. like, the actual bonkers, like, and he had a kick-ass female supervillain, like, Pharaoh Ill, yeah. kicking this guy's ass, and I'm like, that's what I'm talking about. I'm, I'm yeah, I can't wait to see what Wonder Woman does, too. Oh, I, I have faith in what he's going to do with Wonder Woman because like I know that he kind of slipped with Sucker Punch making it like some guy's dick fantasy but with um with Man of Steel we got a chance to see how he can handle a female supervillain or well, look a at female Watchmen. true Silk Spectre come on he made her look badass when he, when her and the Night Owl are in the prison and in the alley they yeah. have the two fights the fight in the alleyway after they're at the bar, they beat up all those drunks. But then when they get, they break into the prison to get Rorschach. Oh yeah. my goodness! Like that, she is Wonder Woman in that scene. You know, she's absolutely yeah. Wonder Woman, and she's kind of meant to be Wonder Woman, right? Yeah. Like it's a takeoff on that character, and it was handled so well. I'm gonna be honest with you. When I was watching like um uh that scene, the the jail break scene. On YouTube from Watchmen, actually, I was watching um, the the Watchmen jailbreak scene with Silk Specker and Night Owl fighting the the um, prisoners. Yeah. And all I kept thinking about is, is this how he's going to make Wonder Woman do? Because that would be really kick ass. Like the way the fighting choreography. My goodness. Yeah, I think it'll be a cross between Silk Specter and Three Hundred. Like the way that the Spartans moved and fought, because that's what she is basically, right? She's like a Greek warrior. So yeah. when she's got the sword and the shield, she'll be fighting a lot like Spartan styles, I think. Like all just like it'll be all bullet time and slow motion and swipes and long, you know, long sweeping blows and stuff. And I think it's just going to be fantastic. I think he'll look her, make her look absolutely beautiful, you know. Yeah. It's a great yeah. time for women. It's all coming around, including the uh, the Star Wars, the Chrome stormtrooper that everybody's been talking about captain phasma yeah is played by gwendolyn christie of the game of thrones and she's the really tall like amazon blonde one. Oh yeah i know yeah, she yeah. and she's gonna be a badass chrome stormtrooper like <clears throat> you know that's that's fantastic nobody expected that that came out of left field you know and, you know, I'm, I may not share the same enthusiasm as you do about Star Wars, but I can imagine how huge this film is going to be when it comes out. It's gr It's going to be one of the best memes I've seen in a while was the first picture was Avengers. 
mm-hmm. and it said biggest opening weekend of all time. And then after that, it was a picture of Jurassic World, and it said, uh, "Bitch, please," right? And uh, then after that was a picture of Star Wars, like Han and Chewie, and it right. it said it said uh, what did it say? "Bitch, please, you're all just the opening acts." Oh yeah, you I know, remember. I was like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. If they people keep talking about this billion dollar movie and it's coming and it's coming in the form of The Force Awakens. There's no way that movie doesn't make all the money in the world ever. You know why? It probably is because it's going to have all the way until January, February. Cuz when you think about it, it has no it has no competition for at least 2-3 months until uh, Deadpool comes out. So that's like 2 billion opening right there. It's it, – yeah, and it's at a time – it's going to be weird though because it is coming out in the winter. And I don't know if any winter movies have been any of those top movies so far. Well, no, they're not going to have a – it's not going to have a huge opening because fucking nobody's going to like run out in oh, the yeah, winter. Oh, yeah, they will. Oh, yeah, they will. Oh, it, yeah. It, it probably – like just like – like how should I say this? For example, um, Avatar, which is like the biggest movie of all time. That movie made so much money because it had legs at the box office. Star Wars may not have a huge opening weekend, but it's definitely going to have legs. And it's definitely going to have like a three-month window to make at least $2 billion. And, and the reason why I say this is because the international box office is going to really give it all that money. There's going to be snowstorms and shit, man. Like, <laughs> I know a lot of hard, diehard fans are going to go see it, but... In terms of like everyone else, it's going to be hard. But I don't. I, I think people will. Nothing will stop the people. I don't think there's any way. I don't care what time of year it is, where it is, whether it's here in minus forty degree weather, people will go, and no one will be stopped. Can I ask you something? Ma. Have you ever like? Has there ever been a huge movie that came out in the winter that made like two hundred and seven million at opening weekend? I don't know. See, I was just trying to think of that, and I'm not because Titanic was a wintertime movie, and so was Avatar. Was Avatar? Yes, sir. Oh well, if Avatar was, then yeah, there's no way Star Wars doesn't. I don't even care where, when, anyways. It's the people. This may cause people to line up somehow for movies again. Like people oh, haven't. They do. <laughs> do it since phantom menace because everything's been so automated and now they show movies like every hour on the hour in giant 24 theater multiplexes so you know it's easy to kind of catch it but mm-hmm. this people may end up lining up i don't know i don't even know what's going to happen it's too much to really wrap it's also in a time when this keeps happening like, remember back in the day, every maybe 10, 20 years, you'd get one of the top 10 biggest movies of all time. Now right. we've constantly got movies taking the title, taking the title. It's getting boring, like WWE again, where right. it's just there's a new champion every year, you know? And it's like, who cares? Because, A, you, you look at a movie and how much money it made, and did that, how many theaters was it in? How many countries was it in? Is that all IMAX? Like, there's so many factors. You know, I'd like to know... I'd like it if they could say how many people saw the movie. Right. I'd love to hear that stat. Like how many oh, individual it's... human beings paid to he- to see the movie. Don't give me your money total because right. that can be achieved in many, many ways. You may be on twice as many theaters as another movie. You know? Yeah. 
I want to see the effort of how many human beings went to see your movie. This is going to be no no doubt that and 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 I'm putting my bias aside for a moment. This movie is going to be huge. I don't care whether you're a fan of Star Wars or not. It you did you see the turnout at the Star Wars um celebration earlier this year? Oh my god, yeah. It was huge. It was monstrous. It was and that's just for Star Wars. Only Star Wars could you throw a Comic-Con for that's just Star Wars that would be as big as any other. Yeah, maybe I mean, Star Trek, but I don't even think. No, not no Star Trek. I'm sorry, I don't mean to cause a Star Wars versus Star Trek um, blowout here. Um, I'm just saying it might be the only other thing big enough to draw that many people for just one IP, just one product. You know what but I mean? But if you if they did, it wasn't that huge. They have held conventions for Star Wars a lot often, but I mean Star Trek a lot often, but not as huge as this one. And let me tell you, like, I saw the line. People were sitting out there for two days straight for 48 hours waiting for this convention. That's dedication. Imagine how huge those lines are going to be when opening weekend hits. Oh, God. I can't. But it depends on the weather. Like, if the weather isn't as crappy for the wintertime, because it seemed like all wintertime movies, no matter how huge they end up in the end, the opening weekends are not as huge because it's so cold. But it, that doesn't mean it's not going to be huge, though. It's going to definitely make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. I oh. think it's also the kind of movie people are going to see more than once very quickly. Absolutely, you because know. that's going to be the only movie that they have no choice. Because, like I said, there is no competition no. for Star Wars. Let me tell you something. All the movies that were supposed to come out in <laughs> December, they moved like a month or a year. <laughs> So Star Wars yeah. has all the money in the world, man. This is, uh, yeah, everyone just went running. They're like, what? Uh, uh, we have to move our movie. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, shit, I've got Star Wars coming out. Move it, move it, move it. Oh, gosh. I can't wait. So many good movies coming. So much exciting stuff in the world happening. I'm I'm stoked. It was. Uh, did you see the Star Wars panel at all? Oh man, um, I checked it out because a friend of mine wanted to talk about it. Uh, I only seen half of it. I only remember when uh Harrison Ford, uh, God, um, Mark Hamill, Hamill, and uh, Carrie Fisher. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> and uh, they all, by them all being on stage at once, it was like a huge crowd uproar. And yeah. then there was like a, a, a after party. Well, what they did was actually it was really sad for Kevin Smith because Kevin. Oh, I know. I yeah, know. Kevin Smith's panel was right after Star Wars, and at the end of Star Wars, JJ took the entire Hall H out to a Star Wars concert across the street. <laughs> And there was like, you know, at least there was like 2,500 people or something, but it was really bad. J.J. felt bad and sent Kevin Smith like an email and apologized and all this and just felt Yeah, mortified. but he sent it at me. Like, you took most of the crowd and could have seen my preview uh, of Yoga Hosers. Yeah. Yoga Hosers, that's going to be super fun too. Canadiana at its finest. But uh, yeah, when Harrison Ford came out, and that was exciting, and I didn't think he'd say half as much as he actually did. 
he actually answered a couple questions and was like, you know, I, I they asked him, uh, you know, how'd you feel like running around on the Millennium Falcon again? And he's like, well, I should have felt ridiculous, <laughs> but I didn't. It felt great. It felt fantastic. And he was very gracious at just being there. Especially yeah. with what he's been through. I mean, guy was in a plane crash a couple months ago. And he yeah, somebody oh, asked him oh. how he was feeling, and he said, I'm fine now. I'm fine yeah, now. that was about his foot getting yeah crushed in the Falcon. That's fantastic. <laughs> oh, Comic-Con. It's good. Oh, time, man. man. Like, I, I, I had, like, my goodness. I felt like I had, like, a huge hangover and just not getting over it two days later. Like, you wish you got your fill as a Star Wars fan. I know I got my fill as a superhero movie fan. I've heard about the Deadpool footage and I'm like, why in the fuck did Fox not release the fucking trailer for that movie? Like, I want to see what everyone was talking about because some people were saying that 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 was the biggest trailer of the night. I saw it. Really? Yeah, I saw it somewhere. I saw a link. Maybe it got pulled down since or after, or I think they may have released it. But it's it's good. It is good. It's very good. It's very much like that teaser thing they put out, like the test trailer. Yeah. And uh, it's funny. It's really funny from what I saw. Uh, Colossus looks fantastic in it. I hope they keep him for an action. He looks straight out of the comics, whoever they got playing him now. Yeah, uh, this is all going to be interesting, and it's always going to be fun to talk about it with you, my dear Phoenix. Phoenix is the host of the Comics and Coffee podcast, fellow podcast right here on the Points of Interest podcast network. And uh, you can listen to her fine, <laughs> fine show on the Points of Interest podcast Network feed on iTunes, or you can go to pointsofinterestpodcast.com. Phoenix, as uh, actually you also are very often hosting The Lex Factor with Mr. Lex Noyle. Yes, sir. And that's another fine show. And, uh, yeah, a new show coming around the bend, The Blackboard, and uh, that's Mike and Jermaine, yes? Yes, sir. And uh, that's going to be very, very exciting. Look at points of interest. We're we're quartering the blurred network here, okay? We're totally uh, we're we're cornering that market. You know what I mean? Yes, we are. In fact, um, so far you have like two blurred, me and Lex, but adding two more to the network. Yes, indeed, you guys are creating a milestone, and I'm so. Happy to be a part of that milestone. Well, we're very proud to have uh, you guys around. Uh, Phoenix, you've come so far since you got into this game. I mean, uh, anybody who has been listening to An Elegant Weapon since the beginning has been hearing the name Nerdette from the beginning. You've been hearing to Nerdette. You've been hearing media junk food. You've been hearing CNC. It's been an evolution. You've heard junk food podcast. It's all been a growth, and it has all culminated in the wonderful, wonderful podcast comics and coffee with dinnerdette and all her wonderful friends you guys have some really cool chats i love listening to how into stuff you guys get um <laughs> you take it all so damn seriously it's beautiful thank and, you and uh, i greatly appreciate uh, anybody who takes all the things we love this serious and uh you know we got a nice little eclectic network going on here kids uh you know we got uh we got francis fernandez and his uh, Filipino <laughs> self representing uh, the Filipino nation of POI nation. 
sir. We've got Che over there on Staying Off Topic, representing whatever type uh, stuff Che may be representing, and, uh, <laughs> you know, Latino-wise and such. Um, who else mm-hmm. we got? We got we got girls. We got lots of goyles. If you like goyle podcast, I hear a lot that there's not enough girl podcasts out there. And we've got a couple brads across the network doing wonderful things, including Phoenix herself. Well, we have also. I'm a girl. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You're a goyle. And uh, you do fine work. And we've also got Speak Geek to Me <laughs> over there with uh, Michelle and Savannah. Mm-hmm. And uh, we also have Miss Shelley, co-host of the Back When We Were Interesting podcast. We got a little bit for everybody, kids. Um, Yeah, so thank you so much for hanging out with me tonight, Phoenix. You're an absolute sweetheart. Not a problem. Uh, It's always fun. And we will talk many more times as all these things we've talked about unfold because we have lots of things to say. Kids, go out there and love what you love. Uh, for me, as much as I love comic books, I always loved movies more, and the fact that the two have come together in such a beautiful way in this part of my life is just, it's too much to handle, and that's, uh, that's what we're gonna enjoy. So, Phoenix, thank you, love. It's a great love. time to be alive. It thank is a you. wonderful time, anytime. But, uh, yeah, that is all we were gonna have this week on An Elegant Weapon, kids. Peck it is. Bye-bye. It's Pex, we're all the